Welcome back to the Beyond Macros podcast. We are the Sustainable Transformation Nutrition Coaches, and our show will help you make your transformation that lasts with episodes about nutrition, movement, and the all-important art of inner work. This week's episode is going to blow your mind because I'm going to expose one of the many ways you have been brainwashed. And stay tuned until the end because we have a little challenge for you. Before jumping in, a quick shout out to Beyond Macros client, Dave Pacman. David was burning the candle at both ends when we started working together. And in the process of creating his sustainable transformation, he managed to cut from 78 kilograms to 67 kilograms and qualified for this year's American Open in weightlifting. You can learn more about David's transformation on our Instagram, Beyond Macros, or on the transformations page of our website, beyondmacros.com. This is what David had to say about his experience working with Beyond Macros. It's hard to describe how great Beyond Macros has been for me. Uh, Through small incremental changes, uh, I've reclaimed my ability to eat properly, rest well, recover well, um, and really achieve a lot of physical goals that I didn't anticipate being possible. Uh, It's tailored exactly to you and to your growth and to your goals, and it's unlike any other nutritional system or diet or coaching that I've ever tried. It's really worth it. So about that brainwashing, I bet you think it doesn't apply to you and that I'm going to expose something all the other gullible Americans have fallen for. But I'm sorry to tell you, this little nugget of propaganda started a generation or two before you were born. You see, at the turn of the 20th century, a really big bad thing happened. The world went to war. And President Woodrow Wilson wanted to spread the message that America was not fighting out of imperialism, but to bring the gift of democracy to the world. And he needed someone to spearhead the effort. The man who got the job was Edward Bernays, Sigmund Freud's nephew. Bernays was a careful student of his uncle's work in understanding the human psyche. Bernays' efforts to spread the slogan that the war effort was about making the world safe for democracy was wildly successful, both at home in the U.S. and abroad. The whole country rallied around these efforts. After the war, Bernays realized if the messages he was spreading using principles he learned from his uncle, Sigmund Freud, were wildly successful for wartime messages, they must also work just as well during times of peace. And after the war, the field of public relations was born with this idea in mind. By understanding the way people's minds worked, Bernays crafted campaigns to nudge the public opinion in any direction that would be beneficial for his clients. The amazing and terrifying feats of controlling public opinion that Bernays pulled off included a coup d'etat of the Guatemalan government. The United Fruit Company was one of the largest and most influential companies in the world, and their massive profits were built on exploitative practices in Central America. When a leader came to power in Guatemala, who swore to put an end to the suffering of his people by returning lands to peasants and instituting a minimum wage, the United Fruit Company hired Bernays to find a way to turn public opinion against our bends. 
At the time, the Red Scare and fear of communism made this a really easy task. Bernays led a campaign smearing Arbenz as a communist who was threatening democracy so close to the U.S. border. A CIA-backed coup ensued, and Arbenz was replaced with a United Fruit-friendly authoritarian figurehead. The same man who managed to organize and overthrow a government by understanding how to sway public opinion is also the man who brainwashed Americans to believe that bacon and eggs are breakfast. Think about breakfast. What foods come to mind? Specifically, what proteins? For me, it's bacon, eggs, sausage, and dairy products. You never hear someone talking about the great chicken breast on a diner's breakfast menu. And if you've ever traveled internationally and looked at a breakfast menu, you've undoubtedly found that there is an American breakfast option, which tends to be comprised of eggs, bacon, potatoes, and toast. So how did Bernays do it? And why? In the 1920s, the Beechnut Corporation hired Bernays to help them sell more bacon. At the time, the typical American breakfast was a light breakfast, consisting mostly of toast or a roll and orange juice, followed up by some coffee. The public relations genius Bernays knew just what to do. Convince the public that their light breakfasts were unhealthy and insert bacon as the solution to their problem. But taking out advertisements is not something that people would trust. In the 1920s, people trusted their doctors and their journalists. So Bernays cryptically asked his firm's in-house physician if he thought a heavier breakfast might be more beneficial than a light breakfast. The physician mused that because your body uses energy during sleep and needs energy throughout the day, that a heavier breakfast would replace the energy and therefore be healthier. So Bernays asked his physician if he'd be willing to write a letter to 5,000 other physicians asking them if they shared his conclusion. 4,500 of those physicians responded affirmatively, and a press release was sent out to newspapers across the country with a headline, 4,500 physicians urge a heavy breakfast to improve the health of the American people. And guess what? In that article, bacon and eggs were suggested as a solution. Boom! Sales of bacon exploded, and now you probably feel weird if you eat anything that strays too far from that norm at breakfast. This happened in 1920. If you're my age, that means your great-grandparents saw this campaign and were the first generation to be indoctrinated with the idea that a heavy breakfast comprised of bacon and eggs was healthy. Your grandparents carried the torch, and your parents probably had more influence by the dairy industry's PR campaigns, and by the time you grew some teeth and started eating solid food, breakfast probably consisted of some combination of bacon, eggs, potatoes, cheese, cereal, and now a glass of milk. Even if your plate wasn't two eggy eyes and a bacon mouth, think about breakfast burritos. They're bacon, eggs, potatoes, cheese, tortilla. Think about breakfast sandwiches. Bacon or sausage, egg, cheese, on an English muffin, bagel, or roll. You've been sent so many signals that breakfast is bacon, eggs, grains, and dairy that it's hard to think outside that box. 
And as a nutrition coach, I can tell you one thing for fact. 80% of the time I look at someone's food journal, they are eating far less protein and way more fat than makes sense nutritionally at breakfast because of this brainwashing campaign in 1920. The American breakfast is not based on health. It is not based on tradition either. It is based on a PR campaign meant to boost the bottom line of a corporation. So now that I've made you aware and probably only have a few more days before some secret society erases me from history, it's my duty to pose this rallying cry to you. Let's all break free from the strings these puppeteers have been pulling since before we were born. Let's all construct the breakfast that makes the most sense for our bodies, our tastes, and gives us the energy we need for the day of revolution ahead. Although I'm only slightly kidding about the revolution, I am serious about challenging you to think outside of your brainwashed breakfast box. I am calling you to try a breakfast that might be far outside your comfort zone. And I am here to give you some suggestions based on what some of my free-thinking clients have found works for them. One possibility for all of you Australians heading into summer is a greens, fruit, and protein smoothie bowl. Think a lower-sugar, higher-nutrient acai bowl. For all of us American meat eaters already experiencing this taste of winter, have you ever considered a breakfast soup? In Indonesia, they will eat a chicken broth, chicken, and rice porridge for breakfast. Figure that. What about what I call a mother-meets-child scramble, where you toss some leftover chicken and vegetables in a pan and scramble them in some eggs and eat it with your favorite hot sauce? And for all of us, including the vegetarians amongst us, why not try making some proatmeal with oats, your favorite protein powders, nut milk, fruit, and spices like cinnamon. There are so many ways you can increase the protein, decrease the fat, and improve the way you feel after breakfast without defaulting to dairy industry indoctrinated alternatives like Greek yogurt or cereal with milk. I've included a guide with five ideas in the show notes for this episode at beyondmacros.com slash 52, which you can download. And as promised, I have a challenge for you. I challenge you to start getting 40 grams or more of protein at breakfast with under 20 grams of fat and at least a handful of vegetables for the next month. This simple focus can help you lose weight, eat enough protein early in the day to set the stage for building muscle, and keep you satisfied for longer. It's a no-brain washer. To help you stick to that challenge, I am challenging you to post a picture of your bacon-free breakfast to your Instagram or Facebook. Tag at Beyond Macros and consider using an unnecessarily long and woody hashtag like hashtag Beyond Bernays Bacon Brainwashing to let people know you're taking back control of your perception of breakfast. This is how we'll know who is participating in the challenge, and we'll create an accountability group to help you hold to your new habits that will seem extreme in the eyes of the mind-controlled sheep walking around without a clue about their bacon brainwashing. 
If you are interested in watching a video showing Alfred Bernays bragging about his shaping of the American breakfast, head over to the show notes at beyondmacros.com slash 52. And if you want to dive even deeper, there is a free, fascinating four-part BBC docuseries on YouTube called Century of the Self, which illuminates the many ways in which Bernays influenced history. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you're subscribed to the show because next week we have an episode about how to be coachable and what to look for in a coach with Mike Bledsoe, CEO of the Shrugged Collective and creator of the Strong Coach Program. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to seeing you again next week.